Hello, and welcome to this first edition of He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and I have a lot of stories to tell. In fact, I just like to say my life is one big giant object lesson for God. You know, God doesn't waste a single moment of our life because He uses every single one of them to tell us more about who He is. Even in the very worst moments of my life, God has been there. Even on all the days when I didn't see His fingerprints anywhere around, when maybe I didn't, it didn't seem like uh, He was there, or maybe it didn't look like I wished it would have looked, I can tell you, nonetheless, my God, my Dad, my Father, He was there, and He was working on my behalf. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 41:13, and it says, I am the Lord your God, and I take hold of your right hand. And do not fear, for I will help you. What an amazing promise. And you know what I've found over my life that has been true? There are a lot of days when I didn't recognize God was holding my hand, but that didn't mean He wasn't there. Listen, it's a promise, and God always keeps His promises. Right in the midst of every circumstance that we may encounter along our life, we can rest assured that God is there, and He's holding our hand. He promises it, and He keeps His promise. So this podcast is being designed for a way for me to share some of my stories and the adventures in my life. It's also a way for me to introduce you, the listener, to some pretty amazing people God has brought into my life. In the 50-something years of my life, I have met really amazing people. I have met inspirational people. I have met dedicated people. I have met people who have decided to tackle giant challenges in their life, and I've watched them struggle, and I've watched them succeed. And some of those people, I just want you to know, because they're so amazing, your life will be better if you get to encounter them. So on this podcast, part of it will be me telling my stories. Part of it will be friends coming to tell their stories. I know that no matter who's speaking, you're probably going to really enjoy it. My life is a pretty amazing life. I've had my ups and I've had my downs. I've walked through the death of both my parents. I've walked, walked through at times when both of my boys struggled with drug addiction. But I've also walked through times of great restoration and healing in my life. I've walked through times in my marriage where I've had um, trust violations happen to me. But I've seen God turn it around and use it and make something beautiful out of it. And my favorite part is that He uses all of the times of my life, seemingly sometimes the most um, terrifying and heart gut-wrenching times of my life as the very things that I use every day to help other people. You see, understanding how to come back from a trust violation in your marriage is a very important thing because what I found is there's a lot of people out there who've sustained trust violations in their marriage, but what I can prove to them, what I can show to them, what I can demonstrate to them is God's faithfulness in His restoration process of marriage. I've seen moms I've been a mom who struggled wondering if somehow her children had escaped God's notice. And yet I've watched God do amazing things in the life of my children and bring them back to Him in such a way that was so much more profound and so much more exciting and even greater than anything I could have ever dreamed up in my wildest imaginations. I've watched people, and I've experienced at times, uh, when God didn't answer prayers the way I thought He would. I remember all the years that my mom battled metastatic breast cancer. And I remember hundreds of times being on my knees, begging God to heal my mom. I remember saying things like, hey, if you're God, now would be a really great time to show up. After all of those prayers, 
what I really saw was my mom leave this world and move to heaven where she lives now forever. It was pretty hard for me to walk through that, and what would follow the next two years of my life would be some of what I would consider the darkest days of my life. Days when I felt alone and isolated. Days when I wanted to be alone and isolated. And days when I just needed somebody to reach out to me and love me and surround me with with caring arms that would tell me it would be okay. What I know that happened was in those two years that followed the death of my mom, I would encounter God in ways that would change my relationship with Him forever. I would learn things about Him that I would probably have never learned any other way. And along that journey, He prepared me for the other things in my life that would come along that wouldn't be necessarily all that pleasant or all that exciting or perhaps things that I wouldn't even want to walk through. But He had prepared me in growing my relationship with Him so that I was able to make it through all of those hard times that would follow. Now, lest you think that I have made it past all of the hard times in my life, I am not a fool. And I recognize that there is still a lot of life to be lived for me. And in some of those days, I'm pretty sure hard times are going to come again. Maybe they won't be that bad. Maybe they'll be worse. I don't know. But I know this. God has never left me. He's always holding my right hand. And if I look at my life and I look at the stories of my life, the events of my life, one thing I know to be true, God's fingerprints are all over it. One of the things I learned in my journey was to get up and to look for those fingerprints in my life. God is with me. Sometimes I just struggle to see him there. But that doesn't mean he's not there. It just means I need to adjust my vision. It just means that I need to look at life differently. And you know what? I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe today you find yourself in a place where you're like, hey, my life is great. I am living the dream. Everything is wonderful. Great. Can I just stop for a moment and celebrate that? Can I just stop for a moment and kind of revel in your greatness? Because you know what? Those days are days that help us keep going. Maybe you're in the place where you're just like, no, you know, my life is not that great. Like I have trouble with my marriage. I'm having trouble with my kids. I'm having trouble with myself. You know, maybe you're battling sickness. Maybe you're battling financial trouble. Maybe you're just battling work situations that you don't know how to resolve yet. You know what? Can I just challenge you? Take a moment. Sit down. Focus your attention on the Father who loves you so much and look for His fingerprints in that situation of your life. I know, sometimes in the middle of hard situations, it's a little bit harder to find Him and it's a little bit harder to see Him. Maybe that's why they coined the phrase hindsight's twenty twenty. I know, when I look back on my life, I'm like, oh, that's where God was. Oh, that's what God was doing. Listen, I have prayed so many prayers over my life that God hasn't answered. And you know what I figured out? Down the road, I'm kind of glad. Aren't you glad in high school when you just knew that you were going to marry that guy? Right? And you're like, oh God, this is the love of my life. I just want to spend the rest of my life with him. And somehow that didn't work out, but you've moved on down the road a ways. And you look back and you think, oh, dodged a bullet on that one. Listen, I have those guys in my life. They seemed marvelous at 15. At 35, they were not quite as cool. And at 55, man, I just got to wonder, right? Like we all have prayers that we pray. And if we look back, and if we're honest, we'll recognize times when we're really glad God didn't answer those prayers. I remember my husband and I spent lots of years praying about adopting a child. I had 
our family came pre or excuse me, Steve's family came pre-assembled. At least that's what he says. When he married me, I had three kids, and he had never been married and didn't have any children at all. And I really had it in my heart that I wanted him to, I wanted us to adopt a child so that he could have someone who would call him dad. He is the last Zimmerman after all. And the name Zimmerman will be done at the end of Steve's life. And it was just so important to me that we um, adopt a boy or adopt a girl so that he would have a child that was his very own. Now he would tell you he got three children that are his very own and he loves them as if they were his own and he considers them his own. But I went through a long period where I was very determined to adopt a child. Steve was not quite as determined as I was. In fact, for a long time, he was not even remotely interested in the concept of adopting a child. But I persisted. In fact, I'm honest to say I went to God and said, Listen, I really have this desire to adopt a child, but if it's not what you want, would you take this desire away from me? And it was weird because the desire never left. Eventually, after years of discussions, sometimes very heated discussions, Stephen and I both agreed that we would try to adopt. I was in a perfect job to allow me to adopt a child. Steve was in a, in a job that uh, would work too. Our older children had moved out of the house, and we were only had one, our daughter, left who lived with us. And she was a teenager, so she would have been a great help for a new baby. And we worked at it and thought that we had found a child to adopt. We were super excited. And do you know that within less than six weeks of his birth, that adoption fell through? And we found out we were not actually going to be adopt, able to adopt him after all. We were not deterred, by the way. We called DHS. We went through all of the adoption classes. And we did our very best to adopt a child. We were certain that in DHS system somewhere, there was a child for us. After all, God had not de- taken away the desire for us to adopt a child. And yet we waited. Fifteen months we waited. The first time we ever heard from a DHS caseworker was when they sent us a letter saying that our home study had expired and that they wanted us to, to renew it and they needed to come out and redo our home study. By that time, we had actually moved past the idea of adoption. Several things in my life had changed. My job had changed. I was now a pastor at a church, and uh, adopting a child wasn't going to be that high on our list. And at that point, we decided that we would no longer pursue child adoption. Now, fast forward 10 years. I'm 56 years old, and I think, holy smoke, I could have a 9-year-old. What was I thinking, right? God was so much smarter than me, and he didn't open the door for us to adopt a young child. We are now moving on in our life and doing things we could have never done if we had a small child. I still sometimes don't understand why God didn't take that uh, desire away from us. And maybe he just wanted to see if we'd be faithful to walk through it. Maybe he wanted to show us something about him we didn't know any other way. I'm not really sure yet. Maybe one day I'll know. Maybe I'll never know. But I know this. Today I'm pretty glad that prayer wasn't answered in the way that I thought it should have been answered. What about you? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Just totally from the heart? Begging God to do something for you, only to find out years later you were super glad he didn't. I bet I'm not the only one who has a story like that. You see, hindsight's twenty twenty. What I see in the rearview mirror is way more clear than what I'm seeing at my front mirror, or at my front windshield, I guess, would be a better, better way to say that. But I know this. Whatever's coming at me, 
Whatever's next in my life, whatever next big dream I have in my heart to do, God is going to be there with me. And he's not going to waste any of the experiences of my life this far. He's going to use every one of them at just the right time, in just the right way, to help me understand and know him even better. So, I hope that you'll decide to hang out with me in my podcast. I hope that you'll come back and meet some incredible people that are coming to hang out with me. I think you'll be blessed by their stories. I think you'll be encouraged and challenged. They'll be pretty, um, just regular conversation kind of thing. I usually tell the girls that I'm working with, hey, it's off the cuff. We don't really have a script. We don't really know what's going to happen. We don't really know what we're going to say. But I can tell you this, the ones we've already done are great. Now, you're probably wondering why I would say the ones we've already done. And I'm telling you, this is the first one we've ever done. Because you know what happened to me? I taped my first podcast. It was awesome. And then it got messed up. And so now... I've already completed recording several podcasts with other friends of mine, and I have to come back and do the first one again. You know what? It's fine. God didn't waste the first one. He didn't waste the time I spent on it. And hopefully, this one will be at least as good or maybe better than the one I did before. Either way, I can promise you this. God doesn't waste a thing. So come back and join me. Be looking for the podcasts to learn and meet and engage in some of the most beautiful people's lives, and even better, to learn something about God that you wouldn't learn any other way. Always remember, He doesn't waste a thing. He's forever holding your right hand. He's with you. He's never left you, and He will never leave you. God is faithful to His promises, and He promises our life is with Him. So, until then, have a beautiful day. Remember, God loves you. You're his favorite daughter. You're his favorite son. And he is enamored with everything about you. God doesn't waste a thing. Until next time.